This podcast is for you if you want to learn about the wonderful and wacky world of the English language and the people who speak it. If you want to learn English, speak English, and understand different speakers of English, then you're in the right place and you're going to love our podcast episode today. Welcome to English World with Chris Americos. We are a team of language lovers, expert teachers, and native speakers who are on a mission to help people around the world speak English and show the world their true value. We correct mistakes, practice pronunciation, and explore grammar rules while drinking coffee and having fun. So get comfortable, relax, grab a pen and paper, and welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by English Every Day, an unlimited speaking practice program where you can join live speaking practice lessons with professional native teachers five times every day. There are a lot of courses on the internet and a lot of useful videos too, but the one thing that is missing for most English learners is practice. And if you need speaking practice, then English Every Day is for you. So click the link in the description or go to chrisamericoast.com to learn more today. Welcome to this episode with Emma from Pronunciation with Emma. And Emma, thank you so much for taking the time to, to do this today, have this chat. And Emma, you know, a lot of people have been watching on YouTube and maybe know you from there. And I know that you're, you have a big following on other platforms too, but how did you get there? Like when I first saw you, I was thinking, this is really cool. And, but, but there's a lot of people who try to do this. And you have done it to this level. And, and I'm really interested to know how you got there. Well, it's a, it's a good question because I think when I started my channel, which was about three or four years ago, there was no one around at the time doing what I was doing now. <laughs> so there were a lot of YouTube channels around that were very focused on either exams or something quite generic, just like grammar or like general English. But there was nothing around for pronunciation. And that's something that I find is quite neglected in the world of English teaching and um, language teaching in general. I find pronunciation is quite neglected. Um, so I was looking for some materials for my students online this was many years ago before I started and I couldn't find anything at, at the time okay now there's loads but at the time I couldn't find anything so I I thought my students clearly aren't looking hard enough like they're just being lazy but no they really couldn't find anything that um you know I was telling them to look up and research um so I decided to do my own thing. I decided to start teaching pronunciation and I made that my main focus. I studied phonetics and phonology at university. So it's not like I just, you know, pulled this topic out of a hat and was like, I'm just going to teach pronunciation because <laughs> I can, you know. <laughs> it was something that I, it was and it still is something I have a genuine interest in. I am really interested in different accents I'm really interested in different languages and how those languages influence pronunciation in English. Yeah. And um, I just think that there was no one at the time who was teaching what I wanted my students uh, to, to learn and what they needed to learn. So that's how I started. And I think because my topic is so specific, it's just pronunciation, clearly there's a need for it like students want it because so many people are subscribing and following and watching so 
yeah, I think that's helped contribute to my channels doing well is that there's, uh -huh. there's just not that much out there, sadly. Um, I'm still trying to find <laughs> people. So having a specific focus on one niche, on one area, that was really uh, a big part of your growth? I think so. Yeah, because I, I could have just been another English with Emma. Do you know what I mean? I'm sorry if there's already an English with Emma who exists. I'm sure you're doing great. <laughs> but I think having a very specific niche and also being passionate about that niche is mm -hmm. so important. It's so important for your growth, like your channel's growth, um, because your passion will reflect in the content that you create. Absolutely. Uh, I think all of that has definitely helped yeah yeah on my side i saw a similar thing because we just said we're only going to focus on speaking and in focusing only on speaking a lot of people would say but what about writing but what about reading but what about pronunciation but what about accents but what about this and so you know where those things border on speaking we address them but we always bring the focus back to just speak as much as you possibly can mm -hmm. and that's our our big push um and yeah i i agree with you having like that singular focus is really helpful i guess you get it from time to time as well because you have this specific niche but a lot of the time i get people saying things like well why don't you teach grammar why don't you teach ielts why don't you teach cambridge exams and it's like because there are already people doing that <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there are people doing that already, and they're doing a great job, and they can probably explain it way better than I can. Um, and it's not that we can't explain grammar; we can, but we would just prefer to specialize and focus on one specific thing to help people. Yeah, yeah, like you can be good in a lot of areas or great in one. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, but you know. As we were talking about, I just had this thought in my pop in to my mind that what about the new person who's trying to enter the market and they see us with a decent size following channel somewhere and they think, if I'm just starting now, how could I do that? And then, like you said, there are people doing IELTS and Cambridge exams and everything you can imagine. Somebody's kind of doing something there, but maybe they'll find that spot like you did where you see it from a different angle and you're like, but they're not doing this. Mm -hmm. And then you can come in and, and present your solution, right? I always say that there's space for all teachers online because let's say you decide tomorrow that you want to start a pronunciation course and you want to do British English like me, for, for example. <laughs> Good luck to <laughs> might, me. <laughs> it might be a, tr a tricky niche for you, but... <laughs> In, in, in a parallel world where you've got a British accent, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we are essentially creating like the same content. There's space for both of us because I've got my way of explaining things and you've got your way of explaining things. And maybe little, uh, like a student, little Juan from Spain, he watches my video and he's like, okay, yeah, that's good, but it, it's still not clicking. But maybe he goes to your channel and he's like, ah, okay. Even though I've watched that video about uh, assimilation uh, from yeah. Emma's channel, when I watch your video, it's like, oh, it clicked. Um, yeah. And if your channel didn't exist, that student, little Juan in Spain, he 
he, that would never have clicked for him, you know? So there's always yeah. space because you've got your unique personality and your way of explaining things that sometimes just, as I keep saying, like it just clicks with students. Yeah. And then you've got the different learner types and people who would prefer to learn from the, so it's like a combination of your personality and their personality. And, yeah. uh, there are, cause there are, and I think that comes back to, you know, not trying to please everyone, which is something that people face when they're trying to pick out that niche. Right. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm supposed to be able to do all of this as an English teacher, but what do I really want to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think as teachers, we're also kind of trained like we're told even during our teacher training that we need to be able to teach everything um yeah. and we're just thrown into classrooms sometimes like oh by the way i've got this ielts class uh can someone take over and you yeah, probably never take over. but people will be like oh it doesn't matter here's the textbook and they just throw yeah. you into this ielts class and you're like i've got no idea what i'm doing and you are really you're thrown in it you're really thrown in the deep end and i don't think teaching should be like that you know i i compare teaching to like uh being a nurse so my boyfriend's a nurse mm -hmm. and he specializes in um theaters right now so he's in theaters like operating on people mm -hmm. well he's not the one operating but you know <laughs> it's like passing scalpels and stuff i don't know what he does um but he was saying that if I move to a different department, like for example, A and E, I, I think yeah. what's it called in the US? A and E. Uh the ER, the emergency ER. emergency room, yeah. <laughs> um, he wouldn't know what to do because it's a completely different area. And I feel like teaching's the same. Like, why we've been thrown into teaching random things. Why can't we just specialize? It's okay. It's okay to specialize. Yeah. You know, in, in your description, I got this sense that you have the offline experience because, you know, someone throwing the book at you, telling you, go in this room and teach these people now. <laughs> like, I can definitely relate to that. But a lot of people who haven't had that experience, they might be online and maybe haven't gone through that before. But I can relate to that because I had that situation where it's like, okay, American guy just finished, just finished CELTA, been working at this place for like two weeks. Here's a textbook about IELTS. Go in there and teach the people who have been studying IELTS for like a year. And they know more than you. <laughs> they definitely know more than me. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I don't think it happens so much in the online world. Uh, maybe if you're working for like a school or something, because I used to work for a a platform many years ago it was a French company so a lot of their students were French and I was thrown into business English and I was having to learn kind of as I was going along I was like oh what's uh this random acronym what's b2b what's uh yeah. <laughs> you know these sorts of things um and you just yeah you really get thrown into it as a teacher Oh, fine. I really loved being thrown into the business English part, though, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I took it as like, this is my business school. And oh, so I would yeah. like really study the business English books about like what they were talking about. And then I felt like I have this opportunity because at that time I was teaching in Russia. My clients are like head of a factory for a, a huge region of of the country. And 
I get access to this person. And I'm thinking back in the United States to get access to that person, I would have to like, it would never happen. Mm. Who I was then would never have access to that person. And so then I took it as like, oh, this, this big opportunity. I'm actually benefiting a lot from these lessons. And so they're practicing fluency with me and I'm practicing business with them. <laughs> yeah, you're learning. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're learning uh, too. So I really, I really enjoyed that. It's, there was one client, he was the head of this Coca-Cola factory and mm-hmm. um, he just had a lot of interesting things to say and it, it wasn't so much about English and the whole, you know, the lesson was kind of parallel to whatever else was going on in the day. So um <laughs> it was an interesting experience but i feel like you get to learn so much from your students because the thing that we're helping them with is just a tool like an instrument for them to use to do something else to get to that goal mm-hmm. right yeah 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 exactly i i actually just posted on my instagram today about this how me learning japanese has helped me in so many areas of my life. Um, It helped me not just survive Japan when I was visiting Japan, but it's also helped me accomplish other goals in my life. Like it's taught me perseverance, resilience. It's taught me, look, if I can learn a really freaking hard language, (laughs) then I can do anything. Like really, like that's kind of sitting in my brain now is this thing like, God, if I can memorize like a thousand of these Chinese characters uh, they're called kanji in Japanese mm-hmm. if I can memorize like a thousand kanji I can memorize anything <laughs> so it, it yeah. really like language really does help you get get to places as uh, cheesy as it sounds but it's it's so true yeah it I'm I'm always shocked by what people can do with it with such a little amount too. That's the thing is so many people think that you have to be like fluent, advanced, proficient. And you see people who have two sticks, they're rubbing them together and they're making a huge flame as far as English, right? Uh, It's a nice metaphor, but yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. (laughs) So um, how would you describe the YouTube English teaching community? Is it a supportive community, a negative community, positive, toxic. I mean, I'm sure there's different people that you could give examples of in different areas, but (laughs) overall, how do you feel as a person here? I would say overall, the YouTube English teaching community, it's, it's friendly, it's supportive, but there is a very cutthroat side to it. Like I do find that some people, they will they will do anything to <laughs> to get to the top whatever that is um there are people who have fallen out there have been big arguments there are people who get jealous get bitter there are people who create hate videos <laughs> there are people who try to cancel other people um so it, there's also that side to the community but I think overall, the experience that I've had with just YouTube, it does seem to be very positive. I think YouTubers, they we understand each other. 
so we understand like what this weird world is like when I try to talk to people who are not YouTubers about the work that I do they're like oh well it's just making videos in it <laughs> like you know <laughs> they don't they don't quite get it um while it's really nice to talk to people who work on social media because there'll be days where like like for example you'll get like a, a horrible comment or something and just that day it will really really get to you and I feel like if no one else understands what that's like more than someone who works on YouTube, because if I tell my boyfriend, oh, I got this hate comment, someone called me fat or something, he'd be like, yeah, but you're not fat. So why are you mad? I'll uh -huh. <laughs> just like forget Good about boyfriend. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but if I talk to someone who's on YouTube, they, they know because it's not that comment that's hurting. It's the 100 other comments about me being fat that I have repressed, but that one comment has just hit me while I'm feeling down. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's little things like that. I mean, I don't get comments about me being fat. It's a weird example. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, it's, uh, it's just to show like um, how you can relate better, like relate. You, you just relate more to people who are on YouTube and on social yeah. media. We just I think there's some kind of like skill that you have to develop in maintaining a public uh, persona. And yeah. part of that is like battling the the people who are who are doing that, like forces that are that are trying to criticize this and and like, yeah, developing that thick skin that you're talking about, right? Exactly. And it's not just about external influences let's say it's also sometimes uh, have you come across the term imposter syndrome yeah yeah so there are days where i'll upload a video and i'm like oh god no one's gonna watch this like people have done way better videos on this topic than me and then you start spiraling and you're like what do I even know about teaching? What I've not even been teaching for that long. I've literally been teaching for 15 years. Um, but you just like start spiraling um, and you just start thinking like horrible things about yourself. And um, I was literally talking to my boyfriend about this yesterday, like about imposter syndrome with my course coming out soon and things like that. Uh, shameless plug. Um, <laughs> with, with, we'll with take it. We'll take it. It's okay. <laughs> The doors are probably closed by the time this podcast episode comes out. But, um, you know, I was saying to my boyfriend that, like, I get major imposter syndrome uh, when it comes to releasing courses and videos and things. Because I'm like, who would want to buy from me? Who would want to learn with me? And my boyfriend's like, yeah, but you know your stuff. So what's what's the problem? Like, it, he just couldn't understand why I was thinking this way. But mm -hmm. when I it, when I say those exact same things to someone who's on YouTube or who has courses or any other social media platforms, they're like, yep, yeah, I get it. Yep, I get that as well. Um, and they just get it. <laughs> um, so it's a whole other world. Um, yeah. But you talked earlier about like reviewing your wins psychologically, like looking back and being like, I, I learned Japanese. I memorized a thousand kanji and yeah. that is empowering. And like, uh, you know, a lot of sales trainers do that for, for sales teams when they're not selling, they'll say, before you go on a call, 
watch the feedback from our successful students who joined. And it increases their conviction that the thing that they're selling will work and because it's already worked. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like it's all psychological, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. It's all psychological. But I know overall, the YouTube community, I would say, is very, uh, very positive, very helpful because everyone's in the same boat. Um, yeah. That I would say the communities on certain platforms are not so friendly. <laughs> um, yeah. What what are what are the platforms that are less friendly than than YouTube? I would say Twitter, okay. uh, or I, I won't keep saying X, also known as Twitter. Um, I, I would say that's not very friendly. Uh, that's where I've had people. It it tends to be people who don't work on social media or they don't work with social media in any way they just have this twitter platform mm -hmm. and it tends to be these people who work in academics so they're more the academic side of english teaching while we're like the youtube side let's say yeah and they just absolutely hate us and <laughs> i know that there is some good reason <laughs> but when they just come after you for i mean i'm not even going to mention like why they've come after me before because the reasons are so 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 ridiculous um but i i don't know what it is but they really will just do anything to criticize you in any way like there was a video i did and they were criticizing that i hadn't talked fully about um, I think it was just about assimilation. It was like a, a YouTube short. So it was mm -hmm. 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And I talked about assimilation and I talked about one aspect of assimilation. And this person was like ripping into the 60 second video, like um, this clip uh, doesn't show everything about assimilation. Students, there is way more to assimilation than just this. And it's like, calm down. <laughs> 60 <laughs> seconds. What more can I fit in? It's better to niche down focus on one aspect and do that in a video and if it takes 10 videos then it takes 10 videos but don't just yeah. squeeze everything into 60 seconds because you're just gonna blow people's minds probably not <laughs> in a good way <laughs> everything about uh, this 60 second video will make you fluent in english yeah <laughs> that's the next like one 60 you 60 should put and then send and then tag that person in it what do you think about this one they would Is find something wrong they would yeah but yeah. it's like, if you're not happy with the current content that's out there, then why don't you start your own YouTube channel? And That's what I usually comment on those. I say like, hey, those are some good points. Show me your video. Send me the link. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then they either don't or say, well, that doesn't make yours right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I usually just delete them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just block them. And I'm just like, like, if yeah. that's how you want to spend your time, because it's, you're curating your own content. That's what like yeah. that's why you have a channel. So Yeah. That's why they have that function. Yeah. 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 But it's always easier to to bring someone down than it is to lift yourself up. It, that's something I always tell myself that it's easier for me to like go to your channel and be like, this video is rubbish, than it is for me to put in the work and the time and the effort into creating my own content. Um in, in the way that I want it to be, you know? Yeah. Um, 
so I always remember that when people comment these things but yeah they don't they don't get they don't really get to me because I'm like just start your own channel dude like it's it's not that hard yeah (laughs) the hard bit of growing it (laughs) but starting isn't hard (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah there's a lot of people who do who do that leaving comments I actually have one funny situation um it must be like eight months nine months now somebody just keeps leaving the same comment under somebody else's comment and then it gets flagged every single time as like a spam comment so i see it there and so i block them and then another account and another account and another account so they must have had like 30 no no like 300 of these bots already (laughs) and it's it's like the dumbest comment too it's just like some kind of stupid rhyming joke from the other person's comment it's just like pointless and i'm amazed how long people can keep that up (laughs) well you'd be surprised you really would i mean some of the most persistent people i've ever experienced have been people online like stalkers online like i've sadly had to go through a few of those um but they have been the most persistent people and honestly like there's a part of you that really admires their persistence because it's like god if i got like if if i made like seven different instagram accounts and each of them got blocked yeah i was still persistent like contact this one english teacher you know you've got to admire it admire it to some degree but yeah also it, it is kind of like I don't know, like step outside a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like go go touch some grass. It's okay to <laughs> leave your phone and leave social media. But yeah, I think these people that I mean they're either bots or they're just very sad and very lonely. And yeah, I, I've learned to develop more understanding over the years. So when I see these sorts of comments, I'm just like like you wouldn't write that if you were a happy person. So yeah, that person must have a, be having a really bad day. Yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, it's interesting because there was someone, someone a long time ago, who was complaining about something on my channel, and I, like I don't even remember what it was about. It was that long ago, and I just commented saying something like, "You know that that's really nasty. There's no need for that." And usually, I don't. I, I don't comment things like that. But this one particular person, I was like, that's that's really nasty. You don't need to say that. And they actually responded and said, actually, I had a really bad day the other day when I commented that. I'm I'm really sorry. I just found out some bad news. I can't remember. Like, uh, I don't know, their dog had died or something. And um, yeah, they didn't think that I would read their comments is what they said. They're like, I genuinely didn't think he would read this comment. So some people just use us as like what are called virtual punching bags, I yeah. think. Like they have a bad day. What's going to help? Oh, well, I'm just going to comment on this English teacher's channel, tell her that she looks fat. I don't know why I keep saying that because literally no one. <laughs> then again, I'll probably like get loads of people from this video going to my channel. Hello, you're so fat. Um, or, or the opposite. People will be like, how can you put out this this material making fun of people like making light of situations where (laughs) you you know what i mean it could go it could go the other way but 
people people will find a way yeah they'll find a way to like if they're determined they will spin they will spin that that's something that twitter has taught me is like people will spin anything to fit their own narrative seriously yeah. <laughs> um you you touched on the academia people kind of not enjoying most of the youtube uh teacher content and that thing so I've been asking a lot of different people who come on this po- this podcast the same question. Where should you draw the line between education, entertainment, and business when it comes to teaching English as a foreign language? And so mm. what's your opinion about that? Because people are doing those three kind of three areas are, mm. are like the main areas I see. The people who are just like hardcore academic. And then there's entertainment, which is where YouTube kind of usually falls in but then there's the business element of all of that Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really interesting question I think when it comes to any of these areas you can become too much of one of them Mm -hmm. like one of my friends she's just finished doing a PhD and her PhD was uh related to using um AI no not AI I'm lying to you augmented reality uh-huh. so AR. Mm-hmm. ar that's one <laughs> my brain just couldn't get the acronyms right then augmented reality ar and um virtual reality so these two different things and using them to teach english so that was what her phd was about and she was telling me that a lot of the people that she worked with and studied with they had been in academics all their life and they just couldn't see past academics like their life lived and breathed academics um some of them she she told me that some of them didn't even want to have relationships like they had let relationships go uh like left boyfriends and so on because they didn't want them to interfere with their research they were so dedicated which is great for them, (laughs) you know. But then what happens is they kind of lose this. They lose what's going on outside. They lose what's going on on YouTube, for example. So I think when they see stuff on YouTube, I get the impression that they think that we're just like these idiots that come like bumbling in making videos. (laughs) Like, Oh yeah, we're not really teachers. We're just here for for the YouTube ad revenue, and that's it. <laughs> Which yeah, isn't a lot. <laughs> so if anyone wants to create a channel for the YouTube ad revenue, then um, <laughs> YouTube teaching is the best one. Choose like gaming or business; they're the yeah. most lucrative niches. Um, but they, they, I think they really do think that, and a lot of the comments I've received also reflect that. So. Uh, I once had like a a whole group of these people on Twitter saying uh, like they were commenting on my education and they were doubting my education and they were saying things like, oh, someone with um, with a master's degree would never make a video like this. Guess who has a master's degree? Um, (laughs) So I was like, why are you commenting on my education and why are you saying things like, Oh, if you had a master's degree in English teaching, uh, you would never say any of these sorts of things. And they weren't saying it as like, oh, 
you have one so why are you saying these things they were saying it as like you don't have one so yeah. you you're not as smart as us that that's what they were getting at and um i just think that they are so focused on education and they really do think that they're better i i mean they like i'm talking about specific people not everyone <laughs> don't cancel me um <laughs> like specific people they really do think that they are better than people because they have this education and i don't think they are <laughs> um i think you know we all offer something different when it comes to youtubers it can also go the other way so it can go to a point where it's a little bit clickbaity and almost damaging. And you can, because you have such a huge audience, you can send out some quite dangerous messages. So things like, um, uh, I don't know, saying like a certain accent is bad or saying uh, that certain non-standard forms are uneducated, for example. Yeah. So a lot of people may watch that and think oh well if i learn a cockney accent maybe they're an english learner they love the cockney accent a random accent <laughs> they love the cockney accent and then they watch this youtube video and then they're like oh but this teacher said that if i speak with a cockney accent i'm uneducated that must mean that everyone who speaks with a cockney accent is uneducated and then you're going to think that every time you meet someone with a cockney accent you're going to be like oh well they're uneducated Oh, I don't want to learn Cockney anymore because I don't want people to think I'm uneducated, you know. So I hope no one clips that. <laughs> Take that, uh, out, <laughs> take that <laughs> out of context. Yeah, just to load that little clip. Like, but, but you know, people are educated. <laughs> <laughs> like, I absolutely agree with what you said. I also like think that it is important, though, to give students context around, like, uh how society views groups even if it's even if that position taken by society is unjust you can highlight that it's unjust but the reality is that there are stereotypes about certain groups and yeah. like so i mean if someone's just like a elementary like a2 b1 student or something then that doesn't matter but if they're you know higher level and then that might be something i think they need to know too right Mm -hmm. and so yeah. people can be real touchy about that stuff they they can that's something that i've had uh, i would say out of all the comments that i've received being told why are you teaching this specific variety and not xyz varieties um mm -hmm. that that's the biggest thing that i get and it's like i try to focus on as much as i'm comfortable with teaching I would love to be able to do a Californian accent, uh, um, I don't know, a New York accent, a Boston accent, a Texan accent. I, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to be able to do an Australian accent, South African. I'd love that, but I can't. <laughs> so I'm not comfortable with teaching these things. Um, so when, when people come to my channel for the first time, they're like, oh my gosh, she's perpetuating uh, <laughs> this like, british english like received pronunciation i don't even speak with received pronunciation because only yeah. two to three percent of people speak with received pronunciation so there's a very small chance <laughs> that i'm going to speak like that um but it it does seem to be like the biggest comment 
I get. And it's like, look, that there are other teachers. There's a South African teacher there who is teaching pronunciation. Go watch their stuff. There's an Irish teacher. Go watch their stuff. Like, I'm just teaching one. Don't put don't put all what's the word I'm thinking of like don't put all the responsibility on just one person that's really unfair really really unfair you wouldn't expect like I would never go to your English lesson and be like I want to learn Irish English you'd be like well go find an Irish teacher <laughs> you know yeah, yeah it would be like you know it'd be like going about. to a jazz musician and being like play hip-hop or some play yeah. something different play I don't know, American country. <laughs> yeah. Again, it comes back to that whole, like, people expect English teachers to do everything. They expect us to really do everything. And and we can't. We're only <laughs> humans. We're not like chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> Which even makes mistakes, too. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that line is hard to draw between education and entertainment and business. Um, but... You know, some of your comments today show that we're in alignment on those things too, where uh, you said like, you know, the revenue from YouTube shouldn't be the motivator here. No, (laughs) not much of it. (laughs) It really disappointed my friend. (laughs) So that's why I feel like YouTube has to be just like one piece of how you attract people, get their attention, develop the connection with them. And so, yeah, so some people who are just getting started, just like, hey, I know some stuff and I'm putting it on YouTube that's like a great way to fuel the passion but then you have to connect that to something else otherwise it's it's just a bunch of videos on youtube right mm-hmm. yeah yeah like you're working on your course launching your course right now and yeah. that's your connection like you have the audience you have the course it's not just youtube rules my life no um, and I don't think it should rule anyone's life because we've seen what it does to YouTubers <laughs> when they get really big, you know, it really does affect them mentally. Um, I mean, when it comes to like the business elements, I think there are some people who do go into English thinking that they're going to make lots of money. And I, I don't find it's the most luc- lucrative business. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> But I I really don't find it is uh, compared to some other niches like gaming, for example. There are people who stream and they make a lot of money. Um, so yeah, definitely don't get into it for the money. Um, but I say this about everything about every niche that if you're getting into something for the money, then there is the risk that you're not going to be able to what's the word like you won't have the stamina to keep going because you don't have that passion behind it so if you have that passion and you have that um got energy but it's not the word yeah you've got that drive you've got that motivation behind it then you'll go a lot further with it yeah definitely and that passion is key to to keep the fire alive Mm -hmm. otherwise you do it a few times and then you're you get discouraged one time and then you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. I, I would say that over the past four or five years, four, five, three years, I don't know how long I've been doing this for now. <laughs> I'll say four years. I've seen so many people join. They start channels and then they burn out or they join and then they realize, oh, the money's not rolling in. Um, and then they stop. And it seems to be the the people who 
started because they had a passion or because like they really wanted to do this they seem to be the ones still going but i've seen so many people like come and go it's it's yeah. kind of sad it's like we're all in this big room and you see people coming and going and um you kind of just start to make friends <laughs> and then they're like oh, i'm gonna quit youtube now it's too much for me and you're like no i lost <laughs> a youtube friend <laughs> now i can't moan about i don't know youtube ad revenue anymore <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah the, there's um there's that side as well so you've mentioned gaming a few times i know you're a big gamer and how do you think gaming and english and teaching english work together i think so it's strange because i haven't been gaming that much recently um uh -huh. <clears throat> I, I tend to go through like periods like intense periods where i'll just be gaming 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 and then i stop for a while um and then i'll do something else like i'll go through a reading period and then i'll go through like i don't know a netflix period <laughs> like i go through different periods right now i'm in like a disney plus period and i'm like obsessed with the kardashians <laughs> right now like i can't stop watching the kardashians um which is just so ridiculous but i i love it um the way that they connect though i find that gaming and language learning they're a lot more immersive so it's when you're watching a tv series it's quite passive you don't have to interact in any way but with a game in order to progress with the game you have to interact with it so it makes you interact and use the language more you can't just sit back passively and be like oh what do i do now no you need to use the language to follow instructions and find out what's going or to follow the story and things like that so i really like how they go together quite nicely because it's i find it no different to reading a book for example or watching a, a tv show i would say it's just more interactive and um i like that <laughs> so i um, i wonder because i know that there's a lot of kids or, or young people or or people who were young before and now are adults who learned English through gaming and they just played a lot of games. The people they were playing with spoke English or the game itself was in English and they had to learn some, some basics. And that created this like passion for, for learning English, but really it gave them a use for it. They had a, a way to apply English very quickly. And so they got that response back. Right. And mm -hmm. that like made them keep going. So maybe, you know, there are people out there who like gaming, but they never made that connection of like, how can I use gaming to learn English? Maybe you have some tips on that front. Hmm. So tips on how to learn a language with games. Yeah. I would advise people to go for a genre of game that they really like. So, for example, I love Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I have, um, oh, which one is it? Pokemon Let's Go on the Nintendo Switch. So I switched it to Spanish. And because I played this game religiously as a kid, like I put thousands of hours of my life into this game, I know the story like the back of my hand. So I could play, I mean, in like Chinese and 
like I could still do the game <laughs> just because I know it like I know the moves I know I just know everything um so it was great because I was so familiar so what I recommend is choose a genre of game that you like so if you like um platform games choose platform games if you like storytelling uh adventure games or um uh, what's it called where you're like walking through like where you kind of create the the story like uh life is strange for example or mm. heavy rain so as you're walking around you do certain actions but the actions affect the story so uh -huh. you can end up with like 20 different endings <laughs> um choose what you like and if your english isn't to a level where you think you could play a a, a game <laughs> fully choose a game that you have already played through because you will already know the story you'll already be be familiar with what actions do what and more or less what people are saying so you don't have to work so hard if that makes sense uh like yeah, with, yeah. with pokemon like i don't know the names of the moves in spanish um so it's just like these random random names in spanish for like quick attack and tackle and things like that but like yeah i i will never need to use these words in my everyday life <laughs> it's, it's fun because you just learn uh new words but because I'm so familiar, I can just pick up these words. Like, oh, I know that that's tackle in English. So I've learned tackle in Spanish. Oh, I know that this is flee in English. So oh, it's flee in Spanish. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. you can pick it up easier. Um, and a final tip is to, if you can and you're comfortable with it, find people to play with. So there's an app called discord i sound like a boomer there's this app yeah. called discord uh, but there's an app called discord i say this because some people might not know um where you can talk to other people like so you can do, join different communities and talk to people within those communities so more than likely you'll need to use english to talk to people in these communities um you can organize like team matches and things like that so if you enjoy let's say counter-strike which is a shooting game, join one of these servers. Um, oh, you said one of these Discord, yeah, Discord server. Sorry, I really do sound like a boomer now. <laughs> join one of these Discord groups, one of these Discord servers, and find people to play with. And then you can chat to them and play, like talk to them as well during the game. But that's, um, that's just do that only if you're comfortable with that. Some people get a bit intimidated. I mean, I remember during the pandemic um, that I would, that, like I was playing um, Among Us and I was playing it with my boyfriend and his friends in Spanish, but I would panic. Like, especially if I was the killer, like I would panic I, and I couldn't speak Spanish. So for me, it was like the worst, like I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't do it. So yeah, it's not for everyone is the speaking part, um, but definitely have a look into joining some Discord groups and um talking to people there any way that you can apply what you're learning will make it stick with you a lot better and and you'll have the motivation to keep going for me that was social media when i moved to russia they had a special social media platform that 
looked a lot like Facebook, but wasn't Facebook. <laughs> and, um, and so I went on there and I would like write people, random people. I would just send messages and I'd be like, hello. And then they would write me something back and then I would write. And then they would like, in the very beginning, they would always have the same response. Like, who the heck are you? Like, yeah. what, do you, what do you want from me? And so I got to learn all those phrases. What do you want from me? Like, like, what are you doing? And then your Russian is super aggressive sounding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, when you think of like greetings, you usually think there's like, okay, formal, informal. So there's like one you say with friends, there might be like three greetings that you usually like go to. But then when you get into like testing greetings, one person to the next person, you get all these creative responses. And yeah. so that's how I learned Russian was building like a path from uh, like the conversation. How far in the conversation can I go before they tell me to, to screw off? <laughs> before you're blocked. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really creative way actually. It's just like messaging random, random people. But I don't know. I would be scared <laughs> to do that. You're really yeah. brave. Well, at the same time, we set up a language school there and it became useful that a bunch of random people in the city just just accepted my friend requests and had answered some initial messages and uh, it became it became pretty useful. And so like that's that was, I guess, another motivation for me for the language was apply it to doing something while I'm here, something better than mm -hmm. just just sitting around teaching English and not learning the language at all. So a lot of students contact us. I'm sure they contact you doing the same, describing their fear that they have when they try to speak English or they describe this language barrier. Um, how would you recommend removing that fear, like overcoming that? You've got to work out what your fear is and why you have that fear and then tackle it head on, <laughs> which sounds so much easier said than done. But as someone who's learned different languages, I know, I know it's really scary, but the more languages I've learned and the older I've got, the more I've realized that you've just got to do it. And people just don't care. So let's say, for example, one of your fears is speaking English. Why are you scared to speak English? Because you're scared to make mistakes. But why are you scared of making mistakes? Oh, because people are going to think I'm an idiot. Well, so what? <laughs> like, they're probably still going to make assumptions about you, whether you speak perfectly or not, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, they may still think you're an idiot, even if you're... <laughs> Even if you're perfect pronunciation, perfect. yeah, they'll say that idiot speaks so perfectly. <laughs> yeah, they speak <laughs> too perfect. Oh my god! So um, people are always gonna make assumptions. They're always going to judge you in some way. So why should you let that dictate you, uh, dictate your life, and stop you from doing something? I'll tell a story because I always like telling stories on my podcast, the YouTube channel. Um, about 10 years ago, when I first moved to Spain, so I'm in Spain now, it's a bit confusing. <laughs> 10 years ago, I moved to Spain and then I ended up moving back to the UK. But when I was first in Spain, 10 years ago, I didn't speak that much Spanish. And it was the first time I'd ever learned a second language 
besides learning French in school, but that doesn't count, okay, because that was rubbish. <laughs> so I was monolingual until the age of 19, started learning Spanish and moved to Spain for a year to study. And I was in a McDonald's of all places. <laughs> I like never go to McDonald's, but I was in McDonald's and I just wanted to order in Spanish. And all I asked for was a Coke and some chips. That's all I, that's all I asked for. So Coca-Cola, patatas fritas, that's it. Okay. And there was a couple next to me, like a, a, a guy and a girl next to me <laughs> who were uh, laughing at me for uh -huh. ordering in Spanish. And I didn't speak Spanish for like two or three months after that because those two really, really, really hit my confidence. I remember like I felt so hurt after that. And it wasn't until like two or three months later when a friend of mine was like, why don't you ever speak Spanish? Like she was Spanish as well. She's like, why don't you ever speak Spanish? You never speak Spanish with us. Even in restaurants, I, I didn't even want to speak an order in Spanish. I was so, so, so insecure. And, um, and I told her that story. And she was like, Emma, those people probably don't even remember laughing at you. Like they probably thought that they were laughing at you and then they moved on and they moved on with their lives. They moved on from that interaction. They probably don't even remember you. They could walk past you in the street and they probably wouldn't even recognize you and remember you ordering a McDonald's. So why are you letting them control you? Why, why are you letting these two absolute random losers control how you feel and stop you from speaking Spanish? And I thought about it and I was like, she's right. <laughs> yeah. She really is. These people, who are they? They're literally no one. And I was in McDonald's speaking another language. And she, she was also telling me that, um, you know, there are some people in Spain um, who do laugh at English and uh, do laugh at English, who do laugh at Spanish, like people speaking Spanish because they're kind of insecure because it's like they know that their English isn't very good. So they laugh at other people because mm -hmm. it, it it's like what we we're going like what we were talking about before like it's easy to put someone else down than to build yourself up <laughs> like yeah. why should i spend years practicing my english when i can just tell you your english is rubbish so then you'll never speak it again you know? <laughs> it's kind of like that yeah this, this isn't everyone uh by the way don't cancel me spain i love you um <laughs> but a lot of people they're quite insecure and it's the same with english my boyfriend speaks like near perfect English because he lives with me he lives with an English teacher um but there are times when even he has had comments about his English where yeah. someone will say something like oh why do you say this or um they'll laugh at him for speaking English well like they yeah. literally take the mick out of him for speaking English well and he's like dude why <laughs> why are you so insecure <laughs> like it's just how some people are yeah. Um, so I, I want to share that story because it's it's something that might happen to someone who's listening to this or watching this. Um, I hope it doesn't. But yeah, it's um, it, you shouldn't ever let anyone else make you feel bad. Um, 
So going back to the main point, find out what your fear is, find out why you have that fear, like really, really get to the root of it. And if it's the fear of being judged, those people are going to judge it anyway. So don't let them dictate what you feel, how you feel. Yeah. That's the end of my monologue. (laughs) No, no, no. It was great. Thanks for sharing that. That was deep. And it was a great example of what the students should do to address that fear. Like you went step by step, showed them exactly how you did it. That was amazing. Um, and I would say like, it will happen to you. Like some, someone yeah. somewhere will criticize your, your language, no matter what language, no matter where you are, so that's going to happen. And like how you react to it is the important part, right? Like dealing, yeah. dealing with that. Um, I, I had that, like you, you can probably imagine the stereotypes about Russians. And so my time in Russia, like I got a lot of people doing like criticizing and, and stuff like that. So I, w- I became really, really motivated to learn the language in order to have arguments <laughs> in order to argue with people yeah. so that when people would say those things that I would be smart enough in the language to say something back. And, you know, of course they can then go to the next thing and I might not be able to, but that builds on itself and that builds on itself. So that was a big yeah. motivation for me was like not to shy away from the situations where I'm being criticized. And I had, and even now, so I, I live in Florida in the United States now, and there's a Russian community here and my wife is Russian. So uh, we go to some events with them. And so I go to this, this birthday party at someone's house and uh, this guy comes in. The only thing I say to him is hi, that's it. In Russian. In Russian. In Russian. I just say hi. And he goes, oh, I remember you, but your Russian used to be better. So it's the first thing that he says to me. And, and like, for, for all the Russian people there, it's like, stupid comment, whatever, move on, right? But like, I'm like, oh, like, you know, because I'm, I'm, I am a language learner of, of Russian. And I am like, I feel comfortable with it. And I'm like, not actively studying now. But like, I feel like I can speak in pretty much any situation. So, uh, so I was like, Ooh, it hurt me, you know? Yeah. And so we, I'm sitting there like thinking, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? So we go into the kitchen and then I addressed it. And I was like, do you think you said that to me? Because, uh, you're not speaking English yet. Uh? You live here where everyone speaks English and, yeah. and you feel insecure about that. And what did you so, say? I mean, of course it now. made it weird, but it made it kind of weird in the, in the room. Right. But he made it weird first. <laughs> you were just outweirding him. <laughs> you were just matching the vibe. <laughs> yeah. So, but but that but those it was those moments that like motivated me, and even that situation, like I hadn't actually spoken Russian to a lot of people, even though I was at these events with Russian people. I was I'm I'm out of Russian mode. Like ever since the war started, I kind of checked out, mm. and uh. So like, but, but I had to speak Russian to say something back to him. So it motivated me to speak. Mm-hmm. I should thank him, right? Yeah, you should, yeah. <laughs> should go back and thank him. Yeah, thank you for that comment. Yeah. yeah. That's something I keep coming back to though, is like in all the coaching and stuff that I do, it's like when you approach something from the point of view of gratitude first, your reaction ends up being better for you long term. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because when you react and you're like trying to fight, argue, like then 
then it the the long term like in that situation right my response to him is not the most grown up thing to do so um so of course other people see that and now that look makes me look bad whereas Mm -hmm. if i had just said like ah opportunity to prove you wrong thanks Mm -hmm. then right then that probably would work out for me a lot better uh so i'm trying to make that switch for me but but just i it just happened now it was just like i should have thanked him for that so yeah (laughs) thank you for your rude comments (laughs) yeah and maybe all those haters in the comments on youtube hey thanks for that yeah it's it's one thing i like to reply back to people is and how many languages do you speak because a lot of the time people they'll make these comments and they don't realize how they can be interpreted i'm sure a lot of people like they mean no harm they're just like oh your your russian was bad before and they probably don't think like oh he's going to interpret that as like now his russian's rubbish (laughs) (laughs) right Um, right right yeah they they probably i don't know maybe it's a bit of a compliment i don't know (laughs) in some weird way in some parallel universe but um yeah i think um it's it's always hard to say to people like try not to let these comments get to you but i think you're right coming at this from like a place of of gratitude because now like I, i wouldn't say i'm thankful for that experience but i feel like it's an experience that's definitely helped me um like the situation mcdonald's i mean because now when i get people laughing at me i know how to respond I don't know if you've ever done this, actually. This is something that me, my boyfriend, and a few friends, a few of our friends have done together, is um, we spar together. So we we did this thing where, like, um, I like, they were role-playing as someone who was uh, kind of uh, mocking my Spanish and telling me to, like, get out the country and go back to the UK because, unfortunately, you know, I get those comments. Um, not often, I must say. <laughs> Paying Spain a very bad light here, like it's not, it's not that bad. But you showed us like, the real, the real Spain. <laughs> this is real Spain, yeah. Uh, where they're telling me to get out of the country and laughing at my Spanish. No, 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 no. I'm talking about in the span of ten years, like yeah, yeah. But like once or twice, you know. And um, yeah, so we were like sparring and like practicing together. Of what could I say? if someone said like go back to your own country because like i don't know how to respond in spanish so yeah we actually did like a like a uh, a practice session of what insults could i say back to people and <laughs> oh i have this idea how do i say this in spanish so yeah we did that and um thankfully actually touch wood since we did the sparring session <laughs> i've not had to do it i've not had to use anything but yeah awesome. um, it's there it's in my repertoire if i ever do need it <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. don't think i will but it was fun it was a fun exercise anyway yeah i think you're right a lot of people who make those comments they just don't know any better like they they're just not aware yeah. Yeah. of of what that implies and then from our side from the receiving end we have added a lot of meaning to this thing like it's important to us to be seen as being able to communicate in this language and that's this big meaning that we added to it that they don't see mm-hmm. and they're just like oh look that person and you're like oh 
Yeah. Oh, it's such a big meaning. And now you internalize the big meaning, not the actual, just the action for itself, but all the meaning that you put, you added onto it. Right. And, uh, that, that happens to me. And then I try to take a step back and be like, does that really mean that? (laughs) That's something like that we did in the sparring session is how do I ask some, someone in Spanish, what do you mean by that? Or what, what are you trying to say with, with that? Or my favorite is what's your intention behind saying that? Because mm-hmm. it makes people reflect a little bit. Like if I say to you right now, like, God, your, your Russian's terrible. And then you respond with, what do you mean by that? I mean, I can go in one of two ways. I can be like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I just meant it as a joke. Like, you know, it used to be better. Blah, blah. Or I could go like the aggressive approach almost like, oh, well, no, it, it used to be better. Did, did your Russian and and you can just keep going. Yeah. But why? Why do you need to say that? You know, <laughs> why do you need to yeah. bring that up? Why do you need to mention that? And how and how's your English doing? How are your English <laughs> lessons going? <laughs> that that really helps. That's a nice little little trick people can use to deflect if they ever feel like someone's kind of coming after them. Yeah. So what's your intention behind that? Or why are you laughing? Why do you find it funny? That that's my favorite. Like when I speak Spanish. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I'll make a silly mistake and I'll be like, why are you laughing? <laughs> like I'll say it like really seriously as well <laughs> just just to make the situation a bit more awkward but yeah it does get people thinking because sometimes they don't realize yeah but see in your two reactions I personally I respect the second person more because if they made a if they did that weird thing and then they're like oh it's just a joke then I'm like I can't really trust anything this person's saying because yeah. they're going to be talking about me behind my back and the mm-hmm. second person, if they're like convinced that they're right about something and they're trying to like teach me it or show me why they're right, then I can tolerate that because they're like being truthful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there's a place for both of these people. Yeah. <laughs> <For> <laughs> but sure. yeah, but but there's a time and place, the context. Yeah. Like, if, like, why did you choose to make fun of my accent when there's 20 people listening to us instead of yeah. just, it was you and me? five minutes ago right mm-hmm. that's a <laughs> yeah 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 but thank you so much for your time emma this has been just a great chat and i think it's been really useful for everyone who's going to watch and listen to it um can you tell everybody where they can find you well firstly thank you very much for inviting me on uh secondly if you're interested in following me and what i do on social media I am on pretty much every social media platform as Pronunciation with Emma. That's like my more serious teaching side. Um, I focus on British English pronunciation and listening skills. If you're interested in gaming, uh, which I don't do so much of now, just simply just because I'm busy, I still love it. I still want to get back to it. So if you follow me on my gaming stuff, which is procrastination with Emma, but I have to spell that out for people. <laughs> um, procrastination with Emma. Um, things aren't active right now at the time of us recording this, but um, when things calm down in life um, with my course launch and everything, I really want to get back into that because 
there are times where I really do miss streaming and streaming games and things. And because I'm pretty much the only person doing it, it's always really chill and really quiet. So if you really want to come and talk to me, then it's the perfect time because not many people are there. It's not like on YouTube where there's like a thousand people at a time joining a live stream. If I'm streaming on Twitch, it's sometimes like 30 people. Um, it's like hardly anyone. So it's it's perfect if you want a bit more of a chill vibe and to come play some games and stuff with me. But yeah, right now there's nothing going on, but there should be in 2024, hopefully. Awesome. <laughs> well, we'll put all the links under the video, under the podcast episode. You'll find it in the description. So you can go check out Emma on whichever platform you choose. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to English World with Chris and Mary Coase. Now it's your turn. Don't just listen to English, speak English with us every day. Join our English Everyday Speaking Program today. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye.